Hello and welcome to Sound of well, I don't Sound of Conspiracy, Sound of History. I don't know. It's our special little sub show that I'm doing with my friend. So this isn't our normal isn't our normal uh show. I'm teaching my friend Jacob about the biggest conspiracy theories in the history of music. And Thank you. Thank you for doing that by the way. I appreciate it. <laughs> so I need this more is, knowledge. This is Jacob from the What's Your Spaghetti Policy podcast. How are you doing, Jacob? Hi. What's going on with you? I'm doing I'm doing good. Uh nothing's going on with me, you know. It's been kind of boring the last few days. So well, you know, this will liven it up. Always. I'm I'm super excited. I I, I the last episode that we did together was really nice and I was really interested all that at the beginning and I'm hoping that we can we can capitalize on that and go two for two. I feel like I, I get a big squig in my with my squig of my water real quick. Squig, so. <laughs> squig word? It's a new word I'm trying out. You know. <laughs> do we need to do like a? We can't just call it Jacob is the host now. We can't do that because that's Mika's. No, thing. that's that's Mika's thing. Yeah, I'll do. We'll do Jacob's plugs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's a callback to like yeah. your early episodes. The hand me down. Um, I mean, but then again, I feel like I am Mika in a sense because I have nothing to plug, you know, other than my own podcast, which seems kind of cheap. I don't want to do that, but no, I have a podcast. It. It's a What's Your Spaghetti Policy podcast. It's on anywhere, everywhere. Uh, not on YouTube, though. It's the one place we haven't broken into is the YouTube market, but probably won't because there's and no TikTok. Oh, yeah. Well, they, TikTok podcasts, you know, I guess we could you do, do small excerpts. Yeah, I guess. Well, we don't have an, any kind of video component to it. So it'd just yeah. be like audio, which is weird on TikTok because it's all video, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But definitely go check out their podcast. It's great. I was just listening to it like literally an hour ago. So go check it out. You've, it's wonderful. You got an hour to waste, you know? Yeah. It's nothing better to do than just waste an hour listening to exactly. two guys ramble on about nothing. All right, so we ready for the conspiracy? I'm doing conspiracy in air quotes because this one's less a conspiracy theory and more just like an unsolved crime. And I guess Ooh, they're, like, they're kind of okay. all wrapped up, right? Like that's kind of yeah. the same thing. I mean, an unsolved crime breeds conspiracy theories, right? So, you know. Yeah. I think that's, that's I'm sure that's something. So we could do that, sure, right? I, I'm going with it. I'm I'm saying it's fine. Okay. It's my All podcast. Right. I do what I want, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, but before we get started on this one, a little update slash correction on the last episode we did together. Oh, boy. Already? Already got a correction <laughs> corner? You That's asked. episode. You asked, or you, I don't know if you asked, you were just kind of talking about a drummer that OD'd on horse tranquilizer. Ah, uh, That's right. Okay, yeah, I remember this. And it turns out that was Keith Moon of The Who, which is what I thought. But okay. that didn't kill him. He OD'd on horse tranquilizer and passed out on stage, and a random member of the audience had to like fill in on drums for him. That's where I got. Okay, <laughs> that's the thing. Yeah, I remember the part of the story was that somebody in the audience just knew all the Who songs yeah. and was like, "This is my moment to shine, baby." <laughs> Which is great. And, like, good on in him. There. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. Is it okay? So say I say we're performing live on stage, right? Okay. And I go down. Are you going to continue the show without me? I mean, depends on how often you go down, which is a weird <laughs> sentence. 
<laughs> out of context. <laughs> if I'm just constantly just like always, yeah, just, like, uh, if like it's I like once a week you're passing out on stage, then probably <laughs> it's <laughs> like a one-time <laughs> thing. Then no, I'll, I'll, I'll just gotta roll out your eyes and be like, I guess we'll continue the show. <laughs> like, is anybody else there that knows drums? This guy's always just passing out on stage. I feel like if you're taking horse tranquilizer, you're passing out pretty frequently. So, man, I can only imagine. I don't even know what they do for you. I, I can only imagine they put you to sleep. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Well, on today's episode, that was yeah, that was last episode. We're done with that. Not coming back to okay. it ever again. We're talking about the deaths of two of the greatest rappers who ever lived: Tupac Shakur <gasps> and Biggie Smalls. Oh my gosh, man! This is a big one. Like yeah. this is. I, I, I maybe we cracked the code. You know, <laughs> maybe. Quick Maybe warning. Be one of those famous true crime podcasts. Quick warning before we get into it. We're obviously going to be talking about like some heavy subjects, murder, violence, all that kind of stuff. So if you're uncomfortable with that, feel free to skip it. Okay. Okay. So what do you know about Tupac? Do you know anything about I'm assuming all you know is about his death. Because it seems like I the kind of thing you'd know. That he faked his own death to begin with one time, right? He, was that proven that he faked his death the first time? I actually don't know. I haven't heard that. I feel like he faked his death twice, right? He's one of the most the, common the people that is. people say isn't actually dead. It's like him yeah, and Elvis. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, I know that much. Uh, that's that's all I know about Tupac is that there is a theory that he's actually down in like Guatemala or something <laughs> like that, and they've spotted him several times, but then people are like, yeah, it looks just like him, and then you show a picture side by side, and it's like kind of looks like him. Yeah. Um, but well, That might be a future episode, so stay tuned. Subscribe to the okay. podcast. Hear that. I mean, we got it down to the bottom of this because I just need to. Know. I feel like it was two times, uh, but I'm not sure. I'm not. I'm, maybe I'm getting a Mandela effect here, and it was like one time, two times kind of thing. But I don't know. Is I don't even you know, know about anything him? about. Uh, they, yeah, as far as Tupac goes and Biggie, I know even less because I know that he died uh, protecting somebody. Maybe um, it was possibly gang related. I have no idea. <laughs> okay, well. That's great, then. You're going to learn a lot and then forget all of it tomorrow. Probably, yeah. (laughs) If you want to be like Mika, that's how it goes. It goes in one ear, I (laughs) digest it a little bit, and then it goes out the other. So Okay, so first background on Tupac. Tupac is widely considered one of the most influential rappers of all time, and he sold somewhere over 75 million albums, meaning he's one of the best-selling artists of all time, just in general. With the release of his debut album in 1991, he became the central figure in the West Coast hip-hop scene. He released several best-selling albums and even launched a super successful acting career. Basically, everything was going great for him. His career was just up and up. He was on his way to being an even bigger superstar than he already was until the night of September 7th, 1996. Okay, I was six years old, by the way, if you're wondering. I was three. Out there. I was born in 90. Can you believe wow. that's crazy? That's yeah, I know. It's so, I'm so <laughs> old now. I'm just like, I'm 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 close to death, basically. I'm on <laughs> yeah, death I mean, you're over honestly. the hump. For, I mean, basically, it's all downhill from here. It's been downhill <laughs> since 20. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it was ever uphill for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could I could argue the same thing for myself as well. I just like, it's never at been like eight months yeah. old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Parents are like, he's never gonna recover from this. He's, <laughs> this is it. This is it for us. I don't know. I don't know where to go from here. One more piece of background info before the story. Tupac was a part of Death Row Records, which was run by a guy named Suge Knight. So like sugar, but Suge Knight. Okay, I feel like I've heard that name as well before. Probably. Uh, 
Like I I I feel like I've heard roughly these people's names yeah, before. Yeah, probably. So, Death Row Records was the main West Coast hip hop label and they were like battling with the prominent East Coast hip hop label which was known as Bad Boy Records. Suge Knight and mm-hmm. Death Row were hugely influential in the rise of gangster rap by releasing Dr. Dre's album called The Chronic and Snoop Dogg's album which was called Doggy Style of course. Uh, that, yeah, well, it's <laughs> a little bit of a double entendre there, isn't it? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's Snoop Dogg, or is he talking about his name, or is it, you know, <laughs> but... Suge was a former college football player, and he played as a defensive end for the Rams for just a little bit. So he's, like, a really physically big dude. Very built. Also, Tupac was at least minorly associated with the Bloods gang. Okay, which I'm is assuming scary. you've heard I of don't... them. Uh, yeah, it's, I don't like to even talk about them because <laughs> yeah. I don't like talking about any kind of gang activity because I am, one, don't ever bring it up, and two, I'm not a snitch, and I don't want to <laughs> die, so I don't bring it up. I just well, this, this might not scary. be the podcast for you then. That's so scary. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just leave. I'm out of here. I can't do this anymore. I mean, we we one of our 20 listeners might be. <laughs> oh, my blood. gosh. That's so scary. Don't even float that idea. <laughs> we, we respect both sides. It's fine. Uh, just leave us out of it, you know? So Tupac was in Las Vegas to celebrate his business partner's birthday. He attended a Mike Tyson fight with some friends of his, and after the fight, they ran into a guy named Orlando Anderson in the lobby of the hotel. Orlando was a crip who had recently tried to steal a Death Row Records necklace off of one of Tupac's bodyguards after the crips kind of like assaulted and ganged up on the bodyguard, and then they tried to take his necklace after they had beaten him up, which is a bad thing. You don't do that. Yeah, and from what I know about the times, I do know that even if it was just like a show they were putting on to sell records, it was very, they took it very seriously. And you did not do anything to offend one side or the other because that was seen as a sign of war. And it was, even if you thought it was just a character, like you think that like wrestling is just, you know, two sides playing or two sides playing a character, like they took it very seriously and they were very committed. And I know that it bled into real life because there were associations with the bloods and the crips and that those are real gangs. Those, <laughs> they do real stuff. So, yeah. Okay. So anyway, they run into Orlando and Tupac and his kind of group got into a fight with Orlando, kind of beat him up a little bit. And then soon after that, Tupac left in Suge Knight's car to head to like a nightclub that death row records owned. So I'm throwing a lot of names. Are you keeping keeping okay. track of the names? Do we need I'm a recap? Track. You got Death Row okay. Records, who's uh, they're competing with um, the other record company, the <laughs> Eastside Record Company. Um, and you got Suge Knight, yep, who owns the West Side Company. Yep, and he's now Tupac now in the car with Biggie Smalls, and they're headed back to the no. to the Death Records. He no? is not Wait. in the car with Biggie Smalls. Biggie Smalls isn't oh, in the yet. picture yet. Oh, okay. He's got in it. Suge Knight's car. It's Suge Knight and Tupac Suge driving Knight's together. Car. Okay, gotcha. Okay, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. And then they had just beaten up a guy named Orlando. Who had stolen a necklace from a, one of their bodyguards. Yes. Got it. Okay. okay. So around 11.15 p.m., a white Cadillac pulled up next to Suge's car at a stoplight. Someone in the Cadillac fired rapidly into Suge's car. Tupac was shot four times, and shards grazed Suge's head, but he was otherwise uninjured. Tupac was rushed to a hospital where he'd eventually die from internal bleeding a few days later. He was only 25 years old. Wait, Tupac? Tupac? Is this? Oh, I forgot that like he died. That's sad. <laughs> That's not <Yeah>. good. <laughs> That's I the thought, whole point I of this like, episode. 
What Did you think we were talking about? When do we get to the part where he faked his own death? I thought it that's was fake. That's not I don't know. this episode. That's a future episode. Oh, okay, that's a future episode. Man, I just it took a left turn and I wasn't <laughs> expecting it, even though we talked about it at the beginning. <laughs> this episode is assuming Tupac actually died. Okay, got you. We're going to... So, I mean, that's so sad. Yeah. You know? Yeah. R.I.P. And only, only 25, and he had, like, so doing so well in his career. But at the height of his career, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the worst time to go, or the best time, I guess, depending on yeah. how you look at it. But You can't go down. You're just all up. Okay, anyway. The police investigation was notoriously terrible. Apparently, they only interviewed Orlando Anderson once before Orlando died a few years later. So, like, he was the... Orlando was a the guy they just beat up, and then he dies like an hour later and no one really thinks that maybe Orlando had something to do with it. And they're just like, yeah, he's fine. Yeah, for real. <laughs> for, for real. Like, a, oh man, we, we can, we can have a whole like section in the few, in the few minutes to talk about the cops and their poor yeah. work, like all around the globe, but fine. <laughs> so no one was ever officially charged in Tupac's death, but in 2002, an investigative journalist reported that it was Orlando Anderson and his group who retaliated after the scuffle in the hotel lobby. It might not be that clear-cut, obviously, since we're talking about it now, so we'll get into some other theories of stuff that might have happened, but that's kind of like the prevailing theory is that it was Orlando Anderson who was retaliating. Yeah, I mean, it's just... So, my two cents, right, is that I like Canadian beefs, where it's <laughs> like, if you wrong me, we get into a fisticuff, we have a little roundabout... <laughs> Uh, we have a little tussle, you know, and then we shake hands and we go on our separate ways. It's solved that way with, with like American crime and whatnot or feuds between each other. It's like you beat me up, I get my guys and then we go and kill you. And it's such an escalation <laughs> yeah. and I don't like it. We should just have, it's we do everything bigger off. here. We're bigger and better in the states, but that's such an escalation. Maybe it's like if if we were having a prank war and you you put saran wrap over my toilet and instead I went and I blew up your mailbox <laughs> or even I, I blew up your cat. I don't know. Like I did something I even worse. Your parents. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you saran okay. wrap my toilet. I kidnap your parents. So it's just how it goes. Yeah, just you got a one up. Okay, so the first theory is the one that Chuck Phillips wrote about in the Los Angeles Times. That Tupac's group beating Orlando Anderson in the lobby of the MGM prompted Orlando to bring in some Crip friends to fight back. He also alleges that the gun that was used to kill Tupac was was supplied by an East Coast rapper named Biggie Smalls, who also paid the Crips $1 million to kill Tupac. Chuck alleges that for at least a year, Biggie, fearing for his life when he traveled to the West, because Biggie was the big East Coast rap star tupac was the big west coast rap star hated each other okay uh oh all right now it's i was yeah i, I got i lost track of which direction we were going uh <laughs> yeah. so okay i got it okay got so it, got biggie you, got who's the big east coast superstar was always afraid for his life when he traveled to the west so he would hire crips as bodyguards whenever he was there he would flash crip gang signs and even invite known gang members on stage with him when he performed Biggie and Tupac had a well-publicized major beef in one song called Hit 'Em Up, which is kind of known as, like, the greatest slash, like, worst. But I mean, the best, but it's, like, the best uh, diss song ever written. But that okay. means it's very inappropriate and very mean. <laughs> so were Tup- not very nice. <laughs> in that song, Tupac rapped about sleeping with Biggie's wife and threatened to kill him. Good lord. So the, again, escalation. Yeah. <laughs> like 
The beef between Death Row Records, which was fronted by Tupac, and Bad Boy Entertainment, which was fronted by Biggie, grew so out of control that it resulted in a bodyguard being killed in a shooting in Atlanta. So, Biggie hired bodyguards when he went out west. And, for one, I think that's entirely plausible that he would do that. I mean, he's, of yeah, course I you're going to be a little bit afraid, and then you're probably, know, like, you know the, the gang world, so you're probably just going to hire some of those guys that you know aren't afraid to kill people. Yeah, especially since he's had, like, a history of doing it, right? So yeah. it's like, yeah, it's a pretty good assumption that he would hire bodyguards again, you know? Yeah. So that's the connection they think that Tupac was killed by Crips and Biggie was like in the like had friends who were Crips and knew the Crips pretty well. Chuck says okay. that Biggie was also in Vegas when Tupac died. He says that Orlando and some Crip friends went to Biggie's hotel room and mentioned that they were planning on taking out Tupac. Biggie had always said that he would pay handsomely for the hit. So after getting beaten up, Orlando decided to take him up on that offer. Orlando said he was prepared to take out Tupac but wanted to be paid the million for it. Biggie agreed on one condition. He took out his gun, placed it on the table, and said he wanted the satisfaction of knowing that the fatal shot came from his gun. Hmm. Okay. All right. It's starting to align a little bit. <laughs> okay. All right. So Chuck, the guy who's like putting forward this theory, doesn't really provide a ton of evidence for these claims. He says that he interviewed witnesses and people who were in the room when that conversation happened, but he doesn't name them, which I guess is expected because they're like, criminals so yeah I guess it makes sense. again it goes back to not being a snitch because we all know what happens to yeah. snitches and <laughs> it, it's not good things they don't give you a birthday cake or anything that's for sure yeah just a handshake and send you on your way yeah yeah it's like the mafia the mafia is even scarier sometimes too it's uh but geez. the, the un- so the unfortunate thing is that you just kind of have to take chuck at his word that he talked to these people and this is what they said but at the same time like He's he's just a jerk. What? Why would he lie about this? Like he doesn't have a lot okay. of reason to Question. lie. What is Chuck still alive? I think so. Uh, I mean, I'm not gonna lie to you. Him being alive kind of gives me pause that his story is real. You think they would have right? killed him for putting it out there? Absolutely. <laughs> Because it's just one of those things where if this was a true story and he was in the room and he was interviewing these people and then he comes out and publishes that story. But it also, if I'm playing devil's advocate, it could be one of those situations where they wanted this story out there. Yeah, they want the credit. Yeah, and maybe Orlando unknowingly accidentally killed Tupac or knowingly killed Tupac on purpose and this was just kind of the backstory that they wanted to give to the whole thing to kind of add to the street cred of Biggie Smalls. I don't know. I'm just spitting my own theories here, Chuck, okay? <laughs> I also think if he's interviewing the Crip gang members, like that's a that's a big hit. And I feel like that that's like a major Ugh. street cred builder that you're you're the gang who took out Tupac. Like that's a big thing. So they might have been yeah. like as long as you keep our names out of it we want that cred. I don't yeah, know. I don't know how it works. I'm but, obviously not in a gang. Yeah, and it's one of those things, too, where you you can't really go and arrest them. Obviously, they didn't, even if they published the story, because it's, again, all speculation. Yeah. So they, they can sit here and say, I can sit here and say that I murdered, you know, Tupac. <laughs> And uh, I don't want that on the record. I did not murder Tupac. I, wasn't, I was six <laughs> years old, I think, when this happened. So, um, But it, it's one of those things where you could say anything you want, um, and with no repercussions for saying that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Sure, and you might also, get investigated, but yeah. 
the main players in his story, Orlando and Biggie, were both dead by the time he put out the story. So, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, it's another thing where I. That's what brings me back to the whole theory that it's just street cred, right? Yeah. You're just trying to you're just trying mm-hmm. to capitalize on that street cred. Yeah, which is fair. All right, but it's worth noting that both Orlando and Biggie, while they were still alive, denied any involvement in Tupac's death. Which, like, of course you would. Yeah. Biggie <laughs> yeah, sa- again, it was it's a murder, so yeah, <laughs> you deny. Biggie said when asked about it that, quote, he wasn't that powerful yet at the time of Tupac's death. So, uh, I mean, that doesn't okay. really prove anything, but that's what he said. A year I mean, after yeah. the incident, Orlando said, quote, if they have all this evidence against me, then why haven't they arrested me? Which is also fair, but knowing how Absolutely, notoriously yeah. terrible police officers are. Yeah, yeah, they've mishandled <laughs> some things in the past. I think Especially, we can say that in, well, this was this was Vegas, but like I, the Los Angeles Police Department at this time was super corrupt. So, yeah, I mean, I, I would argue that it's not changed much. But yeah, anyway, I'm talking about like taking payments from the gang yeah. members and all that. Like now, they might be inept, but they're probably less corrupt. Okay, Fair so enough. that's that's Chuck's story about that night. Apparently, he interviewed gang members and looked at police reports and interviews to kind of, like, piece it all together. He claims that there were three other gang members involved as of the time of this writing, or as of the time of his writing the article, they all lived in Compton and had not been interviewed by police. Orlando died in 1997 as part of an unrelated shooting. And as we'll learn soon, Biggie also died pretty soon after Tupac. I'd say that's the main theory, but the evidence is kind of all just like Chuck saying, take my word for it. <laughs> yeah. <which> is, <laughs> so there's you not can believe really, it. It's me. Not Chuck, really anything I can point you to to like prove it. Yeah. Other than the food footage of Tupac and his friends beating up Orlando in the hotel lobby, which does exist and did indisputably happen. Like that, that is a thing that happened. And that's the thing is that like knowing the escalation and things yeah. and, and where things can lead. Yeah. You beat somebody up in a hotel lobby, natural, like the natural like course of things would say that you get shot in your car. Like yeah. it's, you know, it's unfortunate, but yeah, makes sense. Okay, this so is Biggie's why I don't fight people. I just don't fight people because this is what happens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like it, it just escalates, and it's like nobody ever de-escalates. And I'm just one of those people. Where it's like, not worth it. Okay, but I'm out. I'm sorry, <laughs> I can't fair. do this. I am. I'm the same way. Biggie's family, after that article came out, said that it was all false, and Biggie wasn't even in Las Vegas at the time. They even produced receipts that they say prove that Biggie was recording a song in a New York City studio at the time of Tupac's death. Which is like, I don't know. I haven't seen the receipt. I don't know what it proves. But at the same time, it's like, why would you hang on to that receipt unless you think someone's gonna come asking for it? <laughs> it's a very so, odd like re- receipt to have as a, yeah. like you're building an alibi a little bit. I don't know because that you know? article came out six years after Tupac's death, so they held on to that for six years. So it's like then again, you're Biggie, and it makes me think because it's one of those things where uh, being an accountant, like I am. Uh, if you're making a lot of money, you're going to keep your receipts in case they ever come for like audits or whatever. So, I mean, yeah, I can see I him doing it for like, but I don't it's know a that six the gangster years. rap yeah. world cared that much about. Well, I could see him going to his accountant about it and being like, okay. hey, That's I'm fair. trying to come up with like some sort of alibi for, you know, me possibly being in Las Vegas. Yeah. Do you got any like receipts that I've given <laughs> you that we can maybe, I don't know, like backdate a little bit? Like, uh, you know, um, but 
I don't know. Maybe he did have it, but maybe six years is a stretch. I don't know. Okay, so that's the that's the main theory. But if it wasn't Orlando and Biggie, who could it have been? Let's get into some other theories. The Zodiac Killer. <laughs> yeah, just an unfortunate. That's definitely how he operates: is pulling up to people yeah. at stoplights and shooting. <laughs> I don't. Oh no, I don't even know. Okay, you continue. I'm gonna look up when the Zodiac Killer even took place. I don't think it was Vegas. I think it was like San Francisco. Oh yeah, that's fair too. In like that's the 70s point. or something. I don't know. Okay, you're poking holes in my theories already. <laughs> so another theory suggests that maybe Suge Knight had Tupac killed in an attempt to market him as a martyr and sell more records. Mm, It's obvious that the whole West Coast, East Coast beef was great for business. Death Row and Bad Boy Records became the biggest hip-hop labels in the world because of it. Suge apparently urged Tupac to keep pushing it forward and to keep escalating the beef. He wanted Tupac to do a whole diss album dissing every single New York rapper he could think of. Good Lord. (laughs) He had a whole thing going on with P. Diddy, and P. Diddy was the head of Bad Boy. Jeez Louise, like P. Diddy was around then? Yeah. Wait, how old is P. Diddy? He's like 70 now? I don't know know how old he is. Oh, okay. Because he was young. He was probably like mid-20s when this was happening, and it was the 90s. uh, Yeah, okay, okay, all right. Yeah. I don't know so, much about the rap game. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I think he was going by Puff Daddy at this point. But oh, okay. anyway, he's right. P. Diddy, and he was the head of Bad Boy. And him and Suge had this kind of whole like beef going on on their own. And people say that Suge had a kind of Napoleon complex. He kept trying to prove that he was the better CEO than P. Diddy and that his label was better than Bad Boy. He was trying to prove that he was this big, bad gang leader, but none of the blood gang members really ever took him seriously. That's what I'm saying. I, that's the thing. Is uh, Again, it goes back to the conversation we had earlier where it's like, even if it is just a persona they're putting on, like they were still dealing with like real gangs, and those yeah. gangs were like, hey, you know, you create this complex where it's like, hey, I have to prove myself to them at some point, and like, you know, then you're, you, the character you are playing, you become that character and end up doing something you regret, you know, so... Yep. Towards the end of his life, Tupac apparently started to regret his involvement with Death Row. He wasn't having a ton of fun, and he started to realize that he wasn't getting paid what he should have been, which is big theme in the history of music. Ah, oh, that's right. You guys do have a big thing, especially your earlier episodes. Yeah, yep. people were definitely getting <laughs> underpaid. Some would say not at all. So, uh, According to one witness, they Suge and Tupac got into a heated argument where Tupac said, I'm selling millions of albums, and you're giving me pennies. Apparently, in the summer before he died, Tupac stopped wearing his death row chain. When a friend asked him why, he was, he said, quote, I'm going to be leaving death row. I want to start shopping a deal for my company. Since I helped the East Coast and the West Coast go to war, my first project I want to put out is called One Nation. End quote. So things aren't great with death row. There's a whole story mm-hmm. about how he got into death row. Apparently, Suge came to him when he was in prison and like offered to pay his bail if he would sign and that just like a whole thing it didn't seem like he was super bought into death row the whole time it was just so. like a, an out for him or it's yeah. like hey i got i have to because he's gonna you know get me out of here kind of thing i mean i could understand that you know right before he left for vegas tupac told a friend that suge had said to him that tupac was worth more dead than alive 
which if Ooh. that actually happened is not a great look. That's not that's not a good look at all. <laughs> Several people who were close to Tupac when they heard that he had been shot just automatically assumed that Suge did it. So that's like it's kind of known that they might not have been on the best terms, but there's really no evidence behind the theory. It's just kind of like conjecture and thought. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. And then, of course, there's the new theory that Eminem started in his Machine Gun Kelly diss track where he said that Diddy was the one who put out the hit that got Tupac killed. But that's just Eminem. So. Yeah, Have you not I heard mean, that it's song? Just, it's called Kill Shot. I Shock. haven't. I, 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 Machine Gun Kelly is like kind of a, a hit or miss too, and I don't know. <laughs> Eminem, like he's a don't get me wrong. Eminem, great rapper, phenomenal rapper. I don't listen much to Eminem past <laughs> like the Eight Mile soundtrack. That's the only one I remember. I had that on repeat as like a little little sixteen year old boy hanging out in his room. <laughs> uh, but you know, uh, but that just sounds that that to me sounds like he's just trying to obviously stir yeah. up some some hit like plays on his songs, and it's like it's mostly just let's a joke. Introduce, let's introduce this random theory that I made up because he was around during that time. So because yeah. he like the la- one of the last lines of the song are like the day. You talking about Machine Gun Kelly, the day you get a hit is the day Diddy admits that he put out the hit that got Pac killed. And then he was oh, like, okay. ah, I'm just playing Diddy. You know I love you. So, like, even in the song, he's like, I'm yeah. just messing around. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, anyway, it seems like the most reasonable answer to Tupac's death is that Orlando is the like Orlando Anderson theory. Most people involved seem to think it was Orlando. It's just kind of like whether or not. Biggie helped where are you leaning because that's the end of the Tupac thing oh man uh, I definitely could see it being that I could see how they would think that Suge was the one who got him killed right because obviously yeah. you know it's the whole he is I mean to be honest yeah because I mean like death sells right you got yep. you know if if Tupac dies everything that he's put out becomes astronomically more valuable uh, and it, solely because, you know, one, he was a gifted rapper to begin with, and now, you know, his stuff's just going to fly off the shelves. Uh, Especially so if you that. can pin it on the beef with the East Coast. That's what, And that's what I'm saying. Like, and it's it's like, it's very, you know, the beef is there. They've played it up to this point. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're best friends behind the scenes, but on, on camera, you know, you hate each other. Uh, I, I, I would say that I'm leaning more towards should got him, uh, you know, got him killed or ordered the hit on him, kind of took some grazes to kind of, you know, sure. obviously act like he wasn't part of it. But, uh, but I do think, you know, uh, maybe it's one of those things where the, uh, Orlando just killed him because he, he, he was upset, yeah. you know, and, and he had the and opportunity we, they made up the story behind all of it, you know? Okay. Well, that's Tupac. So now we're going to talk about Biggie. I'm assuming okay. you don't know anything about Biggie Smalls. I know the Family Guy skit where Stewie <laughs> is in the car with him and he takes his necklace, I think, right? I don't know. I don't know either. I, that's all I know <laughs> is that he was in a Family Guy skit. <laughs> so. Well, that's very authoritative. Okay, well, Christopher Wallace, who is better known by his stage names, the Notorious B.I.G., Biggie Smalls, or just Biggie, is widely known as one of the greatest rappers of all time, like Tupac. He's known for his laid-back delivery style, and he is heavily tied to the New York hip-hop scene. Biggie was raised in Brooklyn and ended up signing with P. Diddy's record label, Bad Boy Records, as it launched in 1993, which was when I was born. His first album was a massive hit and cemented him as basically the leader of the East Coast hip-hop world. 
It actually set up East Coast hip-hop as a thing and as a rival to West Coast. Because before then, West Coast hip-hop just kind of like dominated the rap world for a few years. Nice, nice. So, okay. Very influential. It was in 1996, during the recording of his second album, that he got super mixed up with the West Coast, East Coast beef. As we just talked about, that kind of came to a head in September with the death of Tupac, and Biggie was immediately suspected of being involved. No one could pin anything on him, but because of the well-publicized beef, people thought that he just like had to have something to do with it pretty much as soon as it happened. Which I guess that would then explain why he kept the receipts. If people were just like automatically thinking he had something to do with it, then yeah, I'd, Maybe. I'd keep something to cover. Yeah, I definitely want to have that because they're always going to come after you. Anything happens yeah. to one or the other. I mean, I, I would say that the shoe was on the other foot had Biggie died first, right? Yep. Immediately people would assume that Tupac had killed him somehow or put out a hit on him yeah. or something. So, definitely. yeah, I, I can understand wanting to cover your bases, having your receipts, checking with your accountant like, hey, make sure you're writing all these dates down, okay? You never yep. know when somebody's going to try and come after me. In 1997, about six months after Tupac's death, Biggie traveled to Los Angeles to promote his upcoming album, which was called, kind of ironically, Life After Death. On March 5th, he gave an interview on a radio station where he admitted that he hired extra security because he feared for his safety when he was in California. On March 7th, he presented an award at the Soul Train Music Awards and was booed by some people in the crowd. On March 8th, he attended an after-party with several other well-known musicians and gang members. On March 9th, at about 12.30 in the morning, he left with members of his entourage to go to a party in the Hollywood Hills. His entourage took two cars. He sat in the passenger seat with three other people in his car. P. Diddy was in the second car with four other people. A third car followed them with Bad Boy Records head of security and an off-duty police officer in it. So this is a big Good group. Lord, they are <laughs> decked out in people yep. right now. It's a Before small they... little like, army moving through, honestly. <laughs> Before they left for the party, the Los Angeles Fire Department shut it down for loud music and smoking, which is like, I feel like that's just every party in Los Angeles. So Wait, uh, smoking, like they're smoking cigarettes kind of smoking? Or probably like weed, but yeah. Okay, okay, well that makes more sense. I was like, they're going <laughs> to shut it down just for cigarettes. It's like, okay, well, I can't, what, what year is this, 90s? <laughs> they don't, yeah, don't care about smoking yet. So by the time that they got close to the party, the streets were crowded with people who had been kicked out and forced to leave. Biggie's car was stopped at a red light when a Chevy Impala pulled up next to it. The driver of the Impala, who was described only as, quote, a black male, rolled down his window and opened fire into Biggie's SUV. Biggie was shot four times and rushed to the hospital, but was pronounced dead at 1.14 in the morning. He was only 24 years old. Jeez, man. These are kids, dude. Yeah. This is like us a couple of years ago, yeah, right? like we're older. <laughs> yeah, jeez, Louise, man, so sad. Apparently the first three bullets were non-fatal, but the last one hit several vital organs. So he oh, almost man. made it out. Obviously, people immediately suspected his shooting had something to do with Tupac's death and the East Coast-West Coast rivalry. The killings were incredibly similar and only six months apart. Both were the talisman of their coast hip-hop scenes. People thought Biggie was involved in Tupac's murder, so the idea of it being retaliation from Tupac's friends just made sense. It kind of still does. So, yeah. The, infistal, the, the official <laughs> investigation stalled, and no one was ever arrested for his murder, just like Tupac's. Chuck Phillips, who was the same guy who claimed to have pieced together Tupac's murder. Oh, here we go, Chuck. <laughs> 
chiming in on the story, the story of the century. He's got two <laughs> murders that happen that he gets to talk about. Are you kidding me? Chuck's not going to pass that up. Well, he claimed that the main suspect was a member of the Southside Crips who was acting on a personal financial incentive and not on the gang's behalf. But no official charges were ever brought against anyone. A 2002 book by Randall Sullivan gave information provided by a retired LAPD detective. Sullivan accuses Suge Knight of conspiring with a corrupt LAPD officer named David Mack to have Biggie killed and frame it all as a rat beef. The book alleges that one of David Mack's known associates named Amir Muhammad was the hitman. Muhammad looks a bit like the drawing of the suspect, and a lot of the evidence was based on the testimony of an informant known as Psycho Mike. Oh, God. oh gosh. That's scary. <laughs> That's, this is, I don't. I, I feel like you have to trust Psycho Mike, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's probably got the most credible because he's got nothing to live for. You know? Why is like he going to lie? Like, <laughs> yeah. like, why no. is he going to lie to you? I mean, he has no reason to lie to you. <laughs> okay, so that was a lot of names. So I'm just going to kind of like sum that up again. So the theory in the book is that Suge Knight worked with an LAPD officer whose name was mm-hmm. David Mack and who was known to be corrupt and was apparently like maybe on Suge's payroll inside the LAPD. Okay, and okay. this officer, David, hired a hitman named Amir Muhammad to mm-hmm. kill Suge, or to kill uh, Biggie. And all of that came from an informant known as Psycho Mike. Just okay. wrapping that yeah. up, just so everyone can Good keep up. Good Lord. The informant's name is Psycho Mike. Yes. <laughs> that is a scary informant. You know he's not. He's always going to tell the truth. He's everywhere because he's, he's Psycho nothing Mike. nothing left to live for. Okay. All right. So the theory. Okay, that's okay. That's theory. Is there any other theories? What do we got here? Well, I think there's a little bit more to this one. Okay. So the, yeah, the Mac, the police officer, was on the payroll of Suge Knight, which isn't uncommon. The LAPD was notoriously corrupt, and Suge, as one of the most powerful people in the city, must have had some cops on his payroll. Like, that's not hard to imagine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The theory states that Suge hired the hitman using accountants of death row records to sort the financial side and probably going through David Mack because he, he was mad about Tupac's death. He lost his cash cow and he wanted revenge. Mm. <laughs> I mean, because we have just discussed, as previously discussed, yeah, he didn't lose his cash cow. His cash no. cow has ascended to, like, gold cow now yes. and uh i don't know i forgot the, the the whole matrix or whatever where it goes from like cash cow to like i think it's like upward dog or something i don't remember the the matrix that they had in accounting classes uh but he is not losing money right he no. is only gaining money at this point so yeah. I, I mean I, that it kind of takes away from the theory but go yeah. ahead sorry i'll, I'll, I'll quit it no, it's fine amir the supposed hitman is linked to david mack because the two were longtime friends. While David Mack was serving time in 1997, which was five months after Biggie's murder, for bank robbery, Amir visited him, visited him in prison. I'm sorry, wait, this was the cop? Yes, he was involved in, like, a bank robbery. <laughs> the bank of... That's how people figured it out. That's how people figured out he was corrupt, because he got arrested for bank robbery. Yeah. <laughs> I like to think that one guy was like still holding out hope. Like, I don't know, guys. Maybe it was just wrong place, <laughs> wrong time. Uh, maybe he's not corrupt. Uh, but the bank robbie does kind of lead me to believe he might be corrupt. <laughs> I don't know. So anyway, Amir apparently went to visit him while he was in prison. 
It is claimed that the investigation was hampered at every turn because of the involvement of LAPD officers in the murder. So the city tried to cover it up. So that's why people are saying, like, there had to have been LAPD involvement because the investigation was just terrible and, like, never went anywhere. Yeah. should have been cut and dry, so. And that was my, my thinking while you were explaining all of it was that it sounds to me like an inside job, right? Yeah. Because they had a cop in the car with them. Yep. Uh, like, on, on the security detail, he was, like, he was two cars back. Yep. And the fact that they roll up to the, to the, to the stoplight knowing how cars are <laughs> which it sounds dumb it sounds like a blank <laughs> statement with knowing that like most likely they have tinted windows you would not yep. be able to tell which car because there's a whole reason they're driving in three separate cars yep. is because well they wouldn't be driving in a limo if they were going to all drive together you know so it's three yep. separate cars to protect biggie i'm assuming that it was most likely a security detail that was saying we need to split this to this team up because if they hit us they're gonna they're gonna try and get Biggie, and we need to split it up and make it as hard as possible. But the fact that they knew that he was in the second car leads me to believe that it was definitely an inside job. Well, that's case fair. solved. Case closed. <laughs> we can go ahead that and wrap it tell up. You I'll who take did my, it, but <laughs> I'll take my Nobel Prize now. I mean, it's whatever. My detective uh, badge. So, however, Amir Muhammad has repeatedly denied his involvement, and recent <laughs> video footage has thrown the theory into doubt. Most of Sullivan's allegations, who is the guy who wrote the book, who put this theory forward, are based on the evidence of a prison informant, Psycho Mike. <laughs> <laughs> but Sorry, video, so, so crazy. But video of that interview surfaced, and Psycho Mike stumbles through the whole thing. He looks nervous, and he never actually says Amir's full name. That just takes my whole opinion of Psycho Mike away. Like it just sounds like <laughs> yeah. they gave him the turn they gave him the name Psycho Mike so people would believe his story. And it sounds to me like they just paid this guy to call himself <laughs> Psycho Mike. <laughs> so Mike Psycho Mike, I sorry, I should give him his full name. Psycho Mike gave a first name and the detective took that name and attached it to Amir Muhammad because Amir Muhammad visited David Mack in prison. But actually, Mike gave five different first names all of them obvious guesses, and the investigator just took the one that fit the theory that he wanted to happen. Yeah, and kind of historically, we know that they just do that. They yeah. just, like, we're going to take this and run with yeah. it. I know it was very vague what you told me, but we're just going to run with it and assume it's, you know, the, the, the solution. Psycho Mike was helped along by detectives the entire interview. He first said that the name was Abraham, and a, and a detective said, quote, you told me yesterday it was a mirror. So just kind of stuff oh, like that. That's that's so grubby, man. Yeah, this is uh, yeah. Like you said, yeah. this is a corrupt police force. Yep. Ugh, that's so <laughs> grimy, man. Psycho Mike also said that he knew Biggie's assassin for years. He said that he was six foot two, two hundred and thirty pounds, a very large guy. But Amir Muhammad is five eleven and only like one sixty, one seventy. So you still to, like, you know, tall, to, like, but not guy. big. <laughs> he's yeah. taller than me. I don't know. <laughs> he's taller than I am. <laughs> but he's not 6'2", 230. Like, he's, no, he's a few inches he's off, like, yeah, for sure. He's like average and like lean. <laughs> he's, <not. laughs> he's, he, he's just a guy, you yeah. know? <laughs> just a regular dude. Mike also said that the assassin grew up in Compton and was a Southside Crip. But Amir grew up in Virginia and was living in San Diego with his wife, working as a mortgage broker. Oh my God, I'm so mad for this <laughs> yeah, guy. This guy he's just got like, thrown he's... under the bus by Psycho Mike. <laughs> he's like, I don't know I anything just about picture, 
I just picture that there was like just a, a shot of him in a, in a movie where it's like he's like h- hanging out with his wife in Virginia. He, yeah. He's like, you know what, honey? Screw it. Let's move. Let's move to uh, where are we talking about? Is this California? I don't know. Yeah, Los Angeles. Let's move to Los Angeles, babe. Let's do it. And he gets there and immediately he's framed for Biggie's murder. Like, holy cow. Talk about like just random life. However, a few different detectives still say that all of the evidence points to Amir Muhammad as the murderer. They just won't really say what that evidence is. So, uh, like, there's just, there's a few <laughs> yeah, different almost. detectives who have looked into it who are like, no, there's like, without a doubt, it's Amir Muhammad working with David Mack who did it. But then people are like, okay, but why? And they're like, no, just, it is. <laughs> like, just well, like, almost can't. like there's no evidence and they're just <laughs> going with this story. This guy's Holy just like cow. a mortgage broker who lives in a different oh city. <laughs> like, uh, to Psycho me, Mike I'm sold, man. I, I feel so bad for uh, Amar, uh, Amar, right? Amir, yeah. Amir, oh my gosh, man! I I feel so bad for him, and it's just like, he's just a guy who just moved from Virginia, wanted to get another, get get a fresh start with yeah. his wife. So, uh, like Psycho Mike, when he did this interview, was already in prison, and people are thinking that he just like overheard stuff in prison, overheard rumors about who it might oh have been, gosh. and just kind of ran bad with for that. Psycho Mike. Yeah, yeah. I feel and bad he's for Psycho also because he's in prison already, and he's, he's also gonna. Psycho Mike because he has like bipolar disorder or something like he's a mental health issue and not like a psycho killer like he's just Good Lord, he's, he's not bad. he's not the most stable witness we'll That's say that so, everybody's a victim in this story man Psycho <laughs> Mike is just a sad like he's a prisoner he probably did some I don't know maybe he murdered his entire family I don't know I don't can't speak maybe for Psycho Mike the the general knowledge I have of Psycho Mike is he's just a random guy he's scared to death <laughs> but he's bipolar and they call him Psycho Mike as a really mean gesture because it's like this is back whenever you could say call yeah. somebody a psycho and it wasn't a mean thing to call them it was just okay it was mean but we didn't recognize yeah. it as mean back then so so if it wasn't Amir then who was it another theory alleges that Suge Knight hired a gang member named Poochie to commit the hit. Poochie was reportedly paid $13,000 for the hit, which seems absurdly low. Oh my gosh, you... It's <laughs> to kill one of low. the biggest rap superstars in the world, $13,000. The next thing you're going to tell me is that, like, is, is Pookie is, is just a, a homeless guy who was, like, out at the, like, trying to get some money, and, and Suge was like, hey, here's $13,000, go murder this guy. <laughs> Who is yeah, he? Oh, only the we, biggest rapper on the East Coast. Like, we don't have to feel too bad for Poochie. Okay, Poochie. Sorry, not Pookie. I apologize. He, yeah, I mean, Poochie was a 36 years old, and he was a lifetime gang member. According to detectives and associates, he was a hardened gang member who was always down for basically anything. Members of Suge's entourage and his girlfriend claimed that Poochie had done several different shootings for Suge in the past. Suge was always around gang members, but apparently his relationship with Poochie was always a little bit more secretive. So if he was going to go to someone, it was probably going to be Poochie. And okay, Poochie seems yeah, like not the best now. person, so we don't have to feel bad for it, him in this story. Yeah, it sounds like he was just, he's Psycho Mike. Yeah. He's Psycho Poochie, and he's like, I'll kill him. <laughs> and, and then he kills the guy, and, and Suge was like, I was supposed to pay you. And he's like, uh, oh yeah. Uh, what do you got in your pockets? And he was like thirteen thousand. Like I'll take it. And he's like, okay. Yeah. 
uh, thanks, I guess. Just, I don't. That's so scary. <laughs> it seems like Poochie would be the kind of guy who just doesn't even know who he's killing. Sugar's yeah. like, hey, just like shoot at this car. He's like, all right, <laughs> sure. Does it. Oh man, yeah. That is oh so, boy howdy. According to the officer who made this theory public, he says that the LAPD is convinced it was Poochie who did it, even if that isn't official. No charges were ever filed or anything like that. Just as the Las Vegas police know it was Orlando Anderson who killed Tupac. Like Orlando, Poochie was killed in 2003 as a result of unrelated gang violence. So it's possible. Uh, to me, it sounds a little bit like this is related gang violence <laughs> and they're killing witnesses to the murders. <laughs> <laughs> so it's possible that both shooters have also been killed. I think either way, Suge Knight probably had something to do with Biggie's death. Like, that uh, just kind of lines up. Yeah. And Suge Knight has always claimed that P. Diddy had something to do with Tupac's death. It's also been alleged that they worked together to orchestrate the two hits because they both knew the star rappers would be worth more dead than alive. Jeez Louise, man. Anyway, in 2015, after an argument on the film set of Straight Out of Compton, Suge Knight followed two men to a parking lot and purposely ran his car into them. One of them, who was his business partner, died. The other, the filmmaker, suffered a broken foot and head injuries. Witnesses said the crash looked intentional and it's on video. Suge claimed self-defense. In 2018, he pled no contest to voluntary manslaughter and was sentenced to 28 years in jail. He will not be eligible for parole until 2017, which that doesn't make sense. Until 20-something. I don't know. I <laughs> uh, he's probably out. Is this Suge Knight we're talking about? Yeah, no, because he, he was, char he was uh, sentenced in 2018, so there's no way he was eligible in 2017. Okay. So I just got that date wrong. That's fine. That's all right. It's, we'll do a correction corner, okay? Yeah. Meanwhile, P. Diddy continues to have a completely super successful and lucrative career in the entertainment industry. Just felt like I needed to wrap up those two people. All right, so that's the story of Tupac and Biggie. Assuming they're actually dead, what are your thoughts? Man, wow. <laughs> wow. Like, that's, uh, it, it's a, that right there is a great story. Uh, <laughs> but I don't know, it's a scary story for sure. Yeah. Definitely. Um, my thoughts, I would say, I don't know. That's a, what. Okay, give me your thoughts. I, I, what is, what is your thought? Because I have my own theory, and I'll, I'll give it in a second. But I want to know what your thoughts are. My theory is that people try to look too much into things that don't need to be this complicated. Like I think Tupac's was as simple as they were in this beef with Orlando already they beat Orlando up Orlando saw his opportunity to retaliate and he did it i don't think mm -hmm. biggie needed to be involved at all i think he was just like yeah i have some of my friends here tupac's in vegas like let's just do this and like they were Got just it. mad heated so i think that's what happened yeah. there and then i think suge knight probably wanted to retaliate and he probably hired someone to take out biggie and that's probably how they knew like where they would be and what car they were in and I don't know mm -hmm. about the whole like inside man in the LAPD. That's possible, especially because they LAPD was known to be very corrupt and they botched the investigation. So that's possible. But I think it was probably just Suge Knight hiring someone, and Suge Knight probably had like informants to know where Biggie would be, what car he'd be in, and just kind of went with it. When did Chuck's story come out? Did it come out after 
Biggie was dead. Was Biggie yes. already dead as well? Yeah. Okay. Because I was going to say, uh, that kind of takes away from my theory a little bit. My theory is that this was all orchestrated as a way to boost sales, right? Because okay. we already know that, that Suge knows that Tupac is worth more more dead than alive. And he's they've created this beef between the two uh the two kind of uh record record companies so you know that there's that going on they've created this whole storyline there's this story arc and then you you have tupac dying which i i do think that it was just orlando who was like upset about getting beat up you know yeah especially like by a rapper who i who i'm assuming they they didn't think he was hard at all and so to get back at him he was like yeah we're gonna murder the guy um, I don't, I want to say that Suge didn't have anything to do with that part of it because while, I mean, while I do think that he would do something like that, I don't think, I think that was just like happenstance that he was just there whenever yeah. Tupac got murdered. Cause my um, thing with that is if Suge had something to do with Tupac, like orchestrating that, I don't think Suge would have been in the car. Yeah, absolutely. And that's because yeah. Suge was driving and yeah. Tupac was the passenger seat. So if Suge knows that someone's going to pull up and shoot Tupac, like you're going to not be in that car. Like, you're just, yeah, and especially the if risk you're is like, way too high. You're like, nah, I'm going to, I'll, I'll take the next one. Like, you, you're good. <laughs> like, you're the CEO of one of the biggest, <laughs> the biggest, uh, the rap records there is. Yeah, you're not going to be in the same car. No. Um, and I then I think that the whole story between oh, it was Biggie who had this done or whatever, and and maybe it was the story that led to them thinking that Biggie was the one who was involved in this whenever he really wasn't, and Biggie kind of being and wanting to build up that, uh, build up that, you know, the rapport about him being hard and him doing this kind of thing just mm-hmm. kind of in, leaned into the story, which led somebody to take out a hit on him. Be it Suge, maybe Suge was the guy, even though I don't think that he really cares because he's just raking in the money right yeah. now, man. Tupac's dead. His his stuff's flying off the shelves, selling shirts left and right. <laughs> um, so I think I think just it's an unfortunate event where two yep. kids, two kids, yeah, two real. two barely, you know, got to live life, ended up getting shot dead in the streets, and it's like a hor- horrendous, obviously. But yeah, definitely. I think it's easy but, to lose sight of that and like the the mystery and the story, but yeah, it's definitely very tragic. Two kids going, and also two very talented kids. If we're going sound of conspiracy, no right? We're going we're going sound of conspiracy on this. Yeah, I say it's the U.S. government, right? <laughs> That's now an easy I know it's it's easy to go with the government being, but, but hear me out. They already had an issue. Right. Maybe this was the UK government, but the but government in general already had an issue with popular boy bands. Right. <laughs> Next thing you know, you got these rappers who are getting too popular. So what do you got to do? You've got to they, they're out here. They're talking about revolution and stuff in their songs. We can't have that. You go in and you, you kill off two of the main people to know, hey, cut it out. And that sends a <laughs> message to the youth and they're like, hey can't mess with them but they obviously can't say that they can't put their stamp of approval on it right because it's u.s government they got to be indirectly involved but i think to kind of quell you know an uprising of the youth just like with the beatles and the uk Mm -hmm. government and how they were like the beatles are getting too big we got to do something about this (laughs) i think uh i think the u.s government was like these guys these rappers it's getting too heated you got these gang gang violence is on the rise we've got to do something about it we got to quell this beef ourselves so they hired a bunch of 
cops to do it probably i don't know i don't, I don't know I, I don't know who they had to do it but i think that the government was involved if we're going down a conspiracy theory that's a, that's it that's mine well, that's that's so. definitely a new theory <laughs> i did not yeah. hear that one anywhere in my research do i have any evidence whatsoever to back it up absolutely not you can just say you talk to people and they told you that because that's what that's most right. of the evidence in the story is i talked to chuck actually <laughs> and i got the real story from him um off the record and he was like okay man to I didn't want to put this. oh no i just put him in danger <laughs> he's probably like 90 now he's lived a full yeah. life okay he's fine chuck's fine they, 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 they didn't murder him after telling the story between you know biggie and tupac or whatever i'm sure he's gonna be fine he'll be just that's fine. true all right well anything else you want to add this is a fun story I mean, obviously, a, a tragic, tragic story. But... Yeah, I guess I should say that it's a tragic story, <laughs> but it's so yeah. it's a very it's a, a lot. There's a lot more to it than I ever imagined. Here so, it is. so I have no idea what our next episode's gonna be. I because I want to do one on like the famous musicians who people who are dead but people say aren't dead, like Elvis and Tupac and Jim okay, Morrison. Yeah. So I want to do one on that. That might be next, but I don't know. We'll see. And I think that one episode we can do is that I bring you a conspiracy theory right, maybe yeah. you've never heard of. And boy, I don't want to, I don't know when that'll be. So I don't want to sign anything <laughs> yet because be I'm bad. I don't have to research I, for an episode. Yeah. That'd be great. And then I have to research and it's like the whole episode hinges on me. That's not yeah. good. I procrastinate. You've heard my podcast. I barely have it together there. <laughs> All right. Well, oh, thank yeah. you, Jacob. Thanks for thank, jumping thank in so again. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, this is so much fun. I, I really appreciate it. And and tell Mika I said that this podcast is nothing in comparison to your all's. So <laughs> Okay, I will. All right. all right. Go listen to Jacob's podcast. What's your spaghetti policy? Go check it out. It's everywhere, except for YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Goodbye, Jacob. See you later. <laughs> <laughs>